0: Slide to the left. Skip. Skip. Slide to the right. Skip. Skip. (laughs) Crisscross.
1: Chris Paul. (laughs) Cha cha, real smooth. Spit in your face. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by the hair product to Gordon Hayward's hair, uh, <laughs> my co host, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? I'm the
0: thing that gives you structure and body, so that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> you keep me together and you make me look very pretty.
0: I make you look much better if you did not have it. No one would recognize you if I was not there. I oh. like it. This is the most accurate introduction of me you've done. So far.
1: <laughs> Not when I called you a literal horse. Yeah. What they <laughs> before we get into this week's episode of horse, it's time for our newly minted segment, the locker room. Get it? Because it's where we put on our clothes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're doing a little bit of housekeeping here. Eric, how about you tell us about our new friends that got access to some dope, dope, dope bonus content at patreon.com/slash horsehoops.
0: Oh, hello. Welcome to our new patrons, Timo Ellers, Ross Papa. Pockets for Snacks, which I always want, mm-hmm. and our new producer-level patron, Jordan Castleman. Thank you for joining the ranks of Teal and Samuel Minor, and all three of you can definitely run the triangle without a lot of understanding.
1: I had deleted that portion of my brain from when Phil Jackson was a part of the Knicks. Uh, I even threw out my Phil Jackson Knicks socks when he <laughs> tried to actively run my franchise into the ground. Ugh, Phil Jackson, I'll never I'm more concerned you. about your socks. I mean, I have lots of other Nick socks. I have like 12 other pairs of Nick socks, so I could get rid of the Phil Jackson ones. That sounds very good.
0: Also, <laughs> all three of you should look up the triangle and when Phil Jackson was actually good at coaching. Ugh. So just... Go back. Yeah. It's your history lesson. Mm-hmm. That's your homework. That's your homework. This <laughs> is Also, you get homework in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it's when your mom comes into the locker room and says, Michael, we got to go. You have to do your homework.
1: Yes. My mother is Jewish now. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> are all
0: mothers Jewish? All mothers are Jewish in my head. Whoa, crazy. There you go. You know, Mike, when you're also in the locker room, if mm-hmm. you were in the NBA in the 80s, mm-hmm. you could be eating or drinking anything.
1: Yep. So you could have a total party in the locker room. You could, and you sometimes would, whether it was celebratory or, oh crap, we just lost by a lot, let me crack open a beer. Before or after, really at any time. Mm-hmm. But in the 21st century, you
0: wouldn't do that in the locker room, and now you're not just popping open 40s. We have Shaker and
1: Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is so good. I love it. Whether it's on demand, or on a monthly basis, they will send you all the fixins to make some really fancy cocktails. Basically, all you have to do is supply the alcohol. They will tell you whatever alcohol it is based off of and then give you three different drinks based on whatever liquor that is. They send all the ingredients, which is all the weird stuff that you can't find at the store. And they give you the instructions of how to make the cocktails. They do all the hard work. I've never
0: seen raw nutmeg before. It's just a nut. Mm hmm and I learned something. Thank you,
1: Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, so I've used them before and they sent me a box for the liquor Amaro, which I'd never heard of before, but that's why I picked it because I wanted to be adventurous and exciting. You mean Amaro Statemeyer? Oh! There you go. I should have called that one of the drinks. So I got the Amaro box. They sent me the ingredients to make three separate drinks and there were three very different drinks, which was cool. One was very citrusy. One was desserty, like it had coffee and hot cocoa in it. And then another one used Mexican Coke. So you had three very different drinks, which was fun and the ingredients they give you make four of each drink so i had a little after party after one of my improv comedy shows and i looked like a very fancy boy oh you're such a fancy boy but jokes on them i did none of the hard work i just read rectangles and put (laughs) in the right things that they told me to do (laughs) thanks for rectangles shaker and spoon. shout out to rectangles and shaker and spoon (laughs) So why don't you tell us about the deal that they give to lovely horse listeners? Well, if you are equestrians like
0: our listeners, <laughs> you get $20 off your first box if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse. And that's shakerandspoon.com all letters. All no letters. No ampersand in there. No, you cannot put ampersands in the internet. Well, you can. It just won't work. <laughs> that's true. You whatever you
1: choose to do on your own time. You could put emojis up in the
0: URL, but nothing would no, happen. It's <laughs> your own choice. I'm super excited. I got the Applejack one. And I didn't know that Applejack was an actual liquor. I knew it was a brand. So I'm like, oh, me and my friend Applejack here are going to make some very fancy drinks together. It's also not that great of a cereal. (laughs) <laughs> applejack liquor much better thanks shaker and spoon <laughs> we read some rectangles and now we know how to make these drinks
1: oh man love the rectangles and speaking of they
0: send you a box rectangular prism so many different rectangles three dimensions
1: of rectangles and
0: after you use the box you can throw things into it and it becomes a basket wow amazing rectangles are amazing included in the box so if you love alcohol and rectangles please go to <laughs> shaker slash horse and save 20 dollars off we now have to go from this amazing ad reader that we just did to uh, you making it a very important correction.
1: Right unfortunately in the in last... these trying times unfortunately in these trying times I made a mistake when I was referring to Walt Clyde Frazier's wine restaurant that he owns it does rhyme but I said the wrong thing I said posting and toasting which is the name of the SB Nation Nick's blog but what is the actual title of Clyde's restaurant is Clyde's wine and dine this does not change my desire to go there with you Eric and see if the menu does have lots of rhyming items on it Mike will be not taking any questions at this time uh please respect him and his family as he goes back and remembers things that he did not remember i just feel bad because when i listen to basketball podcasts and people get things wrong i'm like no come on and i did it for one of my own broadcasters restaurants so i apologize (laughs) to anyone who knew the right name of the restaurant and i messed it up but let's get into fun things let's get into our first segment which is called a full court press get it like the news but the news doesn't come on a press it's from the internet Wow, millennials—the worst. So, speaking of the internet, this took the internet by storm. I don't know if it got an official name, but we might as well just call it Spitgate. Spitgate, as is the thing you do when there's some sort of internet controversy these days. Earlier in this NBA season, which holy crap, the NBA it's season like has started days. now. It's <laughs> when like you say earlier, it's like nothing. I know, but it's been amazing, and so many things have happened. This being the funniest by far. Oh yeah, it was a game between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Houston Rockets, and it did not take much time for Rajon Rondo to make a big splash uh, <laughs> eh? uh, kind, oh, I what you're doing. Uh eh? so there was a altercation between Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo where they started jawing at each other chirping back and forth and then it escalated into a full on fight fists were thrown Rondo landed a nice punch on Chris Paul but then Chris Paul hit Rondo with two really hard punches Brandon Ingram got involved LeBron did a hold me back but to Chris Paul who's not on his team <laughs> which was very interesting well they're, a friend. they're
0: from the banana boat they
1: are friends but it's very strange that he didn't defend his own teammates and was like hi friend of mine on the other team let me grab you i do want to point out that lonzo ball did
0: make some sort of advance towards the fight unlike last year there was was a scrap where he just walked away and he's like man i don't want to get a technical and he just (laughs) walked away so he learned this year sophomore year more experiences Mm -hmm. he learned that he had to hover
1: around the fight to be accepted by his teammates yeah you can just hover and look like you care but then not actively participate, otherwise you get a suspension. So this did end in a few suspensions for people involved. Brandon Ingram got four games, Rayshon Rondo got three games, and Chris Paul got two games. But the reason why this is spitgate and not just spit situation is because there was. Do you mean the spituation? <laughs> nice. Okay, so the spituation, which is the official new name of it, and if any other person does it, we get copyright stuff. So this doesn't come out for a few days. <laughs> so if anyone says it during this time, <laughs> they were listening to us. <laughs> they knew it.
0: They tapped our recording.
1: <laughs> so what happened with the spituation is there was controversy about if Rajon Rondo actually spit on Chris Paul or if Carmelo Anthony inadvertently spit on Chris Paul, Carmelo being Chris Paul's teammate, or if the entire spitting thing was a whole lie that Chris Paul made up about why he started to punch Rajon Rondo?
0: See, let's start from the beginning, and then we'll zapruder film out from there. Yes, like Oliver Stone's JFK. Sure, man, that movie was wild.
1: Have you, I didn't did you see, you see it. that
0: movie. No. They showed it to us like in U.S. history, and mm. I'm like, this feels like it's a conspiracy film. I don't know why we're watching this. I'm 16. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what happened was Ray Rondo got in Chris Paul's face. Yes. Ray Rondo was doing something with his mouth, mm-hmm. whether it was shit talking or literal spitting, mm-hmm. something got on Chris Paul's face mm-hmm. and then... Chris Paul took that as a reason to stick his hand in Rajon
1: Rondo's eyes. Yes, and then Rajon Rondo took that as a sign of, "Oh, I'm allowed to punch you in the face now because you've touched my eye." Come on and
0: slam, welcome to Jamie's face.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool so there was a bunch of investigation going on on nba twitter where first the thought was that Melo had inadvertently spit on rondo because he was talking and turned his head at the moment when chris paul reacted to being spit upon Mm -hmm. then chris paul confirmed no rajon rondo spit on me then there was a whole theory going on where people didn't think that rajon rondo could have spit on chris paul because he's wearing a mouth guard and that would make it very hard but then they went to the video footage and that is where everything got cleared out because (laughs) nba games are always filmed with phantom cameras which shoot at a crazy high frames per second rate. So you can get these ultimate slow-mo videos which look amazing or you can use it to find out if a grown man spit on another grown man. So there was a report by Sam Amick who works for The Athletic that they obtained the official high-resolution slow-mo video that the NBA shoots for these games and it was 84 seconds long of a <laughs> slow-mo spit conversation but it confirms that Ray John Rondo spit on Chris Paul and it was a very Tiny discrete spit. It's not like a huge. And obviously, we will put the link to this on the episode description of horsehoops.com. So you can all become conspiracy theorists (laughs) for this situation. Or just witnesses of the situation happening in stunning, crystal clear, slow motion video. (laughs) My favorite thing about
0: the video, I don't know if your US history teachers showed you the Zapruder film, which was the film of JFK's assassination. You Mm -hmm. never saw it? No. Oh, wow. That's so surprising. It's the only footage they have of the car that took JFK through the city that was in where he got shot. And the whole thing is that they don't know if there's one or two shooters. So everything is about it going back and to the left, which is how the shot, when it rang out, that's what his body did. So while I was watching it, I saw Chris Paul's face. He's like, he makes a grimace and moves back. Makes a (laughs) grimace and moves back. I felt like I was watching archival footage of an assassination. Mm -hmm. Because Chris Paul also looks so disgusted. Oh, yeah. He looks like he opened up a box of cereal and there were like little maggots in it he's like, oh, no. Why or, would you do this to me? Or In my place opened, of
1: work. Or he opened a box of cereal and there were Apple Jacks inside oh, of it.
0: No. <laughs> no. This isn't my cookie crisp at all!
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's also very fun about the video is that it's so zoomed in, you can read their lips really well, and you can very clearly see Chris Paul in slow motion go, Did you just spit on me? As he pokes
0: Ray John Rondo in the face. My favorite thing about replays is reading players' lips, because they always swear. Yeah. Oh, it's all so good all the time. The it's number of so times good. the only thing that I wish, the only thing I would change for NBA games, if you mic'd someone up and you heard every single swear they did.
1: Oh, it's They absurd. call people
0: people call each other motherfuckers all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what's really fun about the HD era of sports is that when they do the slow motion replay of someone celebrating doing something amazing, they show their face and it's very clear that they are usually saying something very vulgar out (laughs) against the person that they just scored against or just generally to the crowd and it's always really fun to see announcers try to deal with it because they can't just say what he says so they'll either try to like not poke any fun at it and just be like carmelo anthony very excited about that shot (laughs) or they can tongue in cheek it and be like oh and Dirk Nowitzki with some very nice words for his friend (laughs) yeah but those are all in German so you never know what he's saying
0: it's even funnier when there's a former player as the color commentator Mm because they're like oh yeah big fella you tell him (laughs) 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 that's Denzel Washington as a former player doing commentary. And I apologize for misleading anyone in these track times.
1: Oh, man. So, yeah, that was the situation. But then there was an update that happened today where Rajon Rondo had some mean things to say about Christopher Paul. He says, everyone wants to believe Chris Paul is a good guy. They don't know he's a horrible teammate. They don't know how he treats people. Look at what he did last year when he was in L.A. trying to get to the Clippers' locker room. And this is in reference to a scuffle that happened last year between the Houston Rockets and... And the Los Angeles Clippers, which is Chris Paul's old team, there was some tripping back and forth. There was an issue where Blake Griffin ran into the coach of the Rockets, Mike D'Antoni. There was threats of fighting. There was this whole big thing about how after the game, the two teams tried to fight each other in each other's locker room, and it was a whole big debacle and ridiculousness. I kind of agree with Rondo here. Chris Paul doesn't seem like a fun person to play basketball with. He's constantly yelling and complaining, and he just doesn't seem like a fun dude to play sports with. No,
0: that's his State Farm agency. Alder ego Cliff Paul that's Cliff Paul Chris Paul very nice there was a second spitter it was Cliff Paul oh my goodness <laughs> I also love Rajon Rondo's list there's like the way that he spoke it was very petty and also I love that it's to the
1: media can you read it again Everyone wants to believe Chris Paul is a good guy. They don't know he's a horrible teammate. They don't know how he treats people. They don't know what he did to my locker. He wrote
0: things on it and it was mean. And then he shoved a sandwich in it. And it smelled like peanut butter for
1: two weeks. And I'm allergic to peanuts. Everyone knows I'm allergic to peanuts. Vice principal, please do something about it. It is very tattly. And Rajon Rondo did go on to say, I was going to let it rest. I wasn't going to say much, but now I have kids and I teach my kids to speak (laughs) up for themselves and don't let the world tell their story. So Rondo is mad that he's being painted as the bad guy here. Rajan you spit on a man in the <laughs> face. You're not allowed to pull up old dirt on Chris Paul. Yes, sure, that's fine. This is very much a straw man argument when you say, yeah, sure, I spit on a man's face. But Chris Paul wanted to fight people last year, too. Like, that's not how the world works, Mr. Rondo. Rajon Rondo's parenting block. One, Let your
0: kids tell their story. Two, fuck them up. (laughs) Three, fuck Chris Paul. (laughs) Yo, fuck Chris Paul. Teach all of your kids, fuck Chris Paul. But also, fuck Chris Paul. More importantly, every night you go home, you see your kids, and you tell them, fuck Fuck Chris Chris Paul.
1: Paul. (laughs) Speaking of fuck Chris Paul, that's the end of FCP Full Court Press. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm just going to assume that you get it? Like, fuck Chris
0: Paul? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Mike. Why don't they
1: write country songs about NBA players? Because country music is bad and basketball is good. Oh, okay.
0: Well, this is three on three. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three.
1: Blue jeans in a pickup truck. Three pointers and a left-handed layup. I left my darling for the Warriors. Oh, the Kevin Durant story. Kevin Durant's career. Oh, no, in is Oklahoma. It's very fitting. It's
0: very good. Well, there is a genre that loves their NBA players, and I would love to examine that. Mike, we're talking about a three-on-three of the best and worst NBA references in
1: hip-hop. Oh, wow. Okay, that makes much more sense than in-country music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they all would have been Larry Bird. It's <laughs> I'm going to look up Larry Bird country songs after this. (laughs) All right. We're going to start with the best ones because the worst ones really just my opinion. (laughs) I mean, they're probably very bad. Yeah. I will say I want to make note of this because this is pretty relevant. Today was my fourth day of work at my new job, and it's very fun. I like working with people my age for once, but I did overhear someone today saying, I like the Raptors, but only because I like Drake. And I was very upset. I'm going to say right now, Drake's in the bad ones. <laughs> good. I was hoping he would I'm, be. Good. I'm glad that we have a very strong non-Drake stance. In positive basketball Mike's new job related news, it only took me three days to get added into the basketball private group text <laughs> of where they invite only people to play basketball on weekends. That's good. So that didn't take me long to establish myself. In the good group, I hope this Drake Toronto Raptors guy does not show up. So
0: um, just let me know when that is. I'll just come boop <laughs> up. Just, just let me know. Cool Cool No, but seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to start with my number three favorite one. This is from the 90s. This is Too Short, Just Another Day.
1: Are you familiar with other songs by Too Short? Have you heard Blow the Whistle?
0: Yeah. He's just part of this like 90s Mm -hmm. hip hop miasma that I care about, but I don't like, I can't
1: tell you. I was going to say a very fun call and response, which is in the pre-chorus to Blow the Whistle, which is when he asks the audience, I guess, what's my favorite (laughs) word? And then a crowd of ladies go, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're <laughs> about to do that. No, I don't
0: want to do that. All right. This is from Two Shorts, Just Another Day. It's the same every day. Every day it's the same. But that night we hit the hoop game. Who was playing? Seattle versus Golden State. Hollered at the homeboy Gary Payton. After the game we went to his house, NBA Jams turned us out. Now, everything about this is incredibly
1: 90s. What year did the song come out? In 1993. So the Sonics were good, and I think the Warriors were good then, too. The Warriors have a very interesting history in that they alternate between being great and awful, and there Mm -hmm. is no in-between.
0: And Too Short is from (laughs) Oakland. So that's why he referenced it. Makes sense. What I love about this is incredibly 90s because there's nothing more 90s than referencing these Seattle Supersonics mm-hmm. and saying that Gary Payton is your best friend. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after watching an NBA game, going home with Gary Payton and playing him
1: in NBA Jam. It really just sounds like the perfect night for me. I would love nothing more than to watch an NBA game Go home with an NBA player and play NBA <laughs> Jam against that player. What a good day. It's just another day for too short. Wonderful. Living in the 90s. Mm, the
0: dream. This one was just pretty positive for me. <laughs> I feel great. I feel great about it. Okay, for number two, this is Victory by Diddy featuring Notorious B.I.G. and Busta Rhymes. They love playing this in NBA Stadium, so you have definitely heard it from there. Mm-hmm. And I gotta give it up to Notorious B.I.G. for doing this wonderful lyric. Real quick, real sick, raw nights that perform like Mike, anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action pack guns. Wait.
1: Oh, man. Jay-Z stole that rhyme?
0: <laughs> I'm going to get to that. I actually have them prepared. Uh, I'm going to get to that. Jay-Z,
1: boo. So- <laughs> when I just when you think I couldn't like him any less. I love so many things
0: about this. One, it's when Diddy made music and didn't just threaten people. Mm-hmm. Buster Rhymes is extremely Buster Rhymes on this track. He just yells. I don't even yep. know what he says. He's that's, just very emotional. Yeah, that's that's about on. Brand. Also, I want Buster Rhymes on my basketball team so he can come on off the bench and scare people. I like that. He's the spark plug that we need for our hip hop. I dig it. It's not hard to compare Biggie and Michael Jordan. They are both very much at the top of their games. Also, when this came out in the 90s, all these Michaels were on the top of their games. Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Mike Tyson, the boxer.
1: Michael Schubert. And Michael Schubert. Killing the game, being three years old, (laughs) reading in preschool. Only kid who spelled face right in kindergarten. (laughs) It worries me that you're holding on to that. Yo, I'm very proud. Everyone else spelled it F-A-S. I spelled it F-A-C-E. My friend Alyssa spelled it F-A-C-E.
0: That's it. Two out of 60. Yeah, Biggie was talking about you. That's Mm -hmm. entirely true. But this line also has echoes in current hip-hop culture. So much so that Jay-Z's decided to kind of just crib it wholly for in Paris. Mm -hmm. I wish I could do Jay-Z. I can't. (laughs) It's your boy! <laughs> That's pretty good. You're crazy for this one, Silver. I'm going to move the Nets out of New Jersey. Psycho, I'm liable to go Michael, take your pick, Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. Yeah, he ribbed it, but he did make it better. I don't know about better. It's a very cool reference to an older song. Yeah. I like the addition of the game six part. I mean, the flows are totally different than these two songs. You know, Biggie is so good at just wrapping individual phrases and like emphasizing them, while Jay Z can loop those things together. Rhyming six with pick is actually pretty good. There's an even more recent reference to this line from Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. He says, very quickly, my shit be Jackson, Jordan, Bolton, Keaton, Tyson, five mics. I
1: like the addition of Bolton. It's very
0: good. (laughs) That's very good. It also references both. This keeps the temporal nature of it. Like Michael Bolton, top of his game in the 90s.
1: -hmm. Michael Keaton, top of his game in the 90s michael schubert top of his game now nah, i think i still got a peak to go i don't know did you hear he spelled face correctly he did one of two
0: people Gambino also pulls in sports and music at the same time the way that jay-z and biggie were just referencing sports childish pulls in music and then five mics is how pitchfork
1: rates their albums oh and then i bet pitchfork was like oh yeah really great but uh two out of 30 stars i feel like <laughs> every two out of 30 mics i feel like every pitchfork album is like never more than six they're yeah. like this album was amazing 5.2 well it's
0: only out of five well, i just um, said it was out of five well they do,
1: they do some other ranking where it's out of 10 and right. it's always like six and change like monumental albums are like this is the greatest album i've ever listened to 7.4 <laughs> <laughs> gotta <him>, pitchfork <laughs> we don't want any of you listening to our podcast
0: we just talked about Jay-Z, mm-hmm. but he comes up again as our number one best reference to
1: NBA. Mm-hmm. This is Jay-Z, the Pump It Up remix from 2003. I am very surprised that number one was not Will Smith in getting jiggy with it when he says, y'all mad because I got floor seats at the Lakers. That wasn't it. I'm sorry. Will Smith would rather play ball with Shaq in them, flatten them. Actually, sorry. Let me re- read this. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> sorry. uh, let me- uh. uh, uh. Yes, yes, y'all. You don't stop.
0: Are you done? Are
1: you okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll never
0: stop. Sorry, wait. The number one is Shaq saying, Kobe, how my ass tastes. That's so weird. Someone's editing my document. (laughs) So the number one, it's Jay-Z, pump it up. So here's some context. Mm -hmm. This song was actually from Joe Budden. He had just signed to Def Jam. After the song came out, he was looking around for people to feature on the remix. So he went to Jay-Z. And as you know, Jay-Z is very, very in with Rockefeller. Totally different label. So Joe Budden is like, oh, man, i really love it if you, like, rap on this. Like, it would be really cool. And Jay-Z's like, ha ho, no. <laughs> <laughs> and your boy won't be rapping on this. And while Joe Budden is finding more people to rap on it, Jay-Z decided to release a freestyle on the beats of Pump It Up and just, like, eviscerate Joe Budden. <laughs> Dang! It was just an entire diss track because Joe Budden signed with a different record label. Wow! And Jay Z went in. This is my favorite thing. He says, "Worry, I'm not Mike Jordan of the Mike Recording. Hove, baby, you Kobe, maybe Tracy McGrady. Matter of fact, you a Harold Miner, JD Ryder, washed up on marijuana. Even worse, you a Purvis Ellis, you worthless fella. You ain't no athlete, you Sean Bradley. Oh no!" <laughs>
1: Oh, no, that's so bad because three NBA players feel really great. And then five feel awful. Exactly. Oh. Like just to do some more
0: research, how like Jay-Z picked these guys specifically. There was this really good sliding scale. So Kobe, Tracy McGrady, just like a little bit stepped down, especially mm-hmm. in 2003. Then Harold Miner was touted as baby Jordan, and he was a massive phenom in USC. But after only four seasons, after being selected 12th by the Miami Heat, he had to retire from from all of his injuries. He played okay. He was better than average, but he flamed out of the league. Mm-hmm. One step down was J.R. Ryder, most known for breaking the NBA's drug policy on more than one occasion.
1: Which was hard to do in that time because everyone was doing drugs. So if you broke the policy, you were doing a lot of drugs. You had to be caught by the police, which (laughs) he was twice in 1996. That's really what it came down to. I mean, not as much in the 90s, definitely more in the 80s. But yeah, it kind of, it usually for the NBA, which is very lax on drugs, unlike baseball, you got to get arrested. This is also weed. So, like, he had weed, and he's like, oh, man, I'm an NBA
0: player. I'm very tall, and I have weed. Oh, no. (laughs) Very bad. Okay, so one step down. Now we have Purvis Ellis. Because Jay-Z didn't even use his whole name. This is Purvis Ellison. He was the first overall pick in the 1989 draft by the Kings and he was injured so much that he just never played. Ooh. He was a huge massive bust. Also his name was Purvis.
1: Mm, yeah, not the best.
0: Teammate Danny Ainge, who is now a very powerful man in the NBA gave Ellison the nickname Out of Service Purvis. Oh no.
1: <laughs> terrible. Danny Ainge is cold blooded in so many out. regards. <laughs>
0: take him out Purvis.
1: Out of Service Purvis. So, that... It's like
0: Jay-Z even co-opted that terrible nickname for this and then Sean Bradley was just a big old white dude. He was seven feet six inches. I didn't realize Sean Bradley was that tall. He was that tall and he just had no athletic ability which is what Jay-Z is putting his stamp on.
1: I gotta say in a previous episode I made fun of you for liking Sean Bradley and then I went on basketball reference. He actually had decent defensive statistics. He did. Like, I mean, he... But when you're seven foot six I would hope so. <laughs> he just
0: stood there and blocked shots. Yeah. Also I looked up he was also on the 76ers which because in a previous episode you asked me what other teams he was mm-hmm. on so get fucked Mike. <laughs> You know who should also get fucked? other rappers. (laughs) So we're talking about the three worst NBA references in hip hop. So Jay-Z, oh, how the mighty have fallen. He was referenced twice in the good section, and now he's leading off the terrible section. Mm -hmm. This is also from In Paris, which
1: was released in 2011. I like to call it Squidwards in Paris. When I have to rap along to a song that has the N-word in it, I say Squidward. That's good. (laughs) Because it kind of sounds like it. It's funny, and it's the same amount of syllables.
0: I'm just going to say In Paris. Or you could call it you could also
1: about. call it an asterisk 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 <laughs> s in paris
0: okay so this is from when jay-z first comes into the song he says ball so hard motherfuckers want to find me gonna find me what's fifth grand to a motherfucker like me can you please remind me ball so hard that shit crazy y'all don't know that shit faze me the nets could go oh and 82 and i'd look at you like this shit gravy
1: Yeah, the Nets were really bad.
0: But it's not even that the Nets were really bad. Jay-Z makes it explicit that he doesn't give a shit about the Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. Remember, Jay-Z had a stake of the Brooklyn
1: Nets when they moved from New Jersey to Brooklyn. Oh, as someone that grew up in New Jersey, I was well aware of this happening. Uh, Even though the Nets aren't my favorite team, I just didn't enjoy people diminishing the value of my home state.
0: Everyone says New Jersey's terrible. Was this a revelation to you? That, that people did not like New Jersey?
1: New Jersey is wonderful.
0: I was born in New Jersey, and I still think it's terrible. I think the people that have came out of New Jersey are great.
1: I was grew up in, like, the middle of New Jersey. Central Jersey is wonderful. I think it's very lovely. I will say that there are definitely bad parts of New Jersey, like – of course, the freaking airport, one of the most popular airports in the world is in Newark, is which bad. is like the worst city <laughs> in the whole bad. state. Newark is garbage. Atlantic City is trashy. All of the like major destination-y places to go in New Jersey are trash. But where I lived in the burbs, like near Princeton, was very nice. And then the beach is wonderful. Like the Jersey Shore, which was on you may have seen the very popular documentary series. Uh I was there when they filmed it.
0: You were in it? No, which one I was. So I wasn't. Were you Snooky?
1: I was the situation's top left ab. Um, no, so <laughs> I wasn't. in it. You're also the situation. <laughs> yes, but I you're was the consequence. Exactly. I wasn't in it, but I had friends that lived in Seaside Park, and that whole show was filmed in Seaside Heights, which right. was a couple minute drive away. So we used to pass that house when they were filming, and we didn't know what it was for. There was just a big fence oh, around that's it, so weird. and it said "filming an upcoming MTV show." And me and all my friends asked, "What?" freaking mtv show are they filming in seaside heights new jersey and then one year later jersey shore And then you're in it. It's super weird how you're in the entire series. I might have been in the
0: background of something. It's entirely possible. potential. All right. So listeners, comb through every single moment of Mm -hmm. Jersey Shore and see if you see Mike. I think it was filmed in 2004. Okay. So we're going to put up photos of Mike from 2004. Mm -hmm. And you're going to comb through all of Jersey Shore and you're going to try to find Mike. Ooh, that was my bad bowl cut phase. Good. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact that Jay-Z makes it clear that he just doesn't give a shit about the Nets Mm -hmm. from the jump in one of the most popular songs of just probably this decade Mm -hmm. is wild yeah i'm sure that when paul pierce who was on the nets at the time saw this he's like oh
1: good that makes me want to play basketball Basically, the whole Jay-Z thing was he became a partial owner of the Nets, who were thinking of moving out of New Jersey anyway Mm. into some sort of New York borough. And he became a partial owner, really pushed for and facilitated that move into Brooklyn. And then their new owner spent a ton of money on putting together this team and making awful decisions that have now made the Celtics amazing at basketball. And the Nets horrible at basketball. And I will never forgive them for it. It was so stupid. super duper 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 dumb. But then Jay-Z decided, oh, wait, the Nets aren't good. And then just bounced, sold his ownership stake, and then became a player agent with Rock Nation instead, and you can't own part of a team and be an agent at the same time. Look at me, I'm Jay-Z. I ruined New Jersey. Ha ho! Ya boy, I'm gonna go marry Beyoncé even though I'm super ugly. Beyoncé perfect.
0: Jay Z, not, not perfect. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you embodied everything that I disliked about this line. Okay, number two. Oh, yeah, it's your boy Drake. Oh, is it the uh, cheddar OKC line? No, that's Ooh, another one. Okay. That one was actually good how he uses KD as both like a synonym for Kevin Durant and like mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good. This is like a really popular line that people love. This is from Zero to 100, The catch-up from 2014. Mm-hmm. He says, the shit of motherfucking layup. I've been Steph Curry with the shot, been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot. Oh, I actually like this line. No, no, <laughs> right? You can't rhyme curry with curry. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not a rhyme. You're I just saying the same word
1: again. I think he's more rhyming than shot with pot. But that's also a bad rhyme. I mean, no. Shot, pot, they're different words. No, this
0: is bad. Here's another reason why it's bad because you don't know what curry you're talking about.
1: Is it chef curry, a chef who makes curry? He's just referencing Aisha curry. Yeah, I mean, he's saying Steph curry with the shot and then his wife, Chef curry, with the pot. Steph, good at basketball. Aisha, good at cooking. I understand you're explaining it to me. Curry doesn't rhyme with curry. No, but pot
0: rhymes with shot. I think it's bad.
1: Let (laughs) me eat Drake. Just let me hate Drake. I don't like Drake either, but I like Steph Curry, I like Aisha Curry, and I like Curry the food. I think this is bad. Okay. I mean it's okay if we don't say eye to eye. We don't have to agree on everything. Curry and Curry don't rhyme. No, like. but Pot and Shot do. Right, but that's not the rhyme. I don't like Drake at all, but I think there are other things to hate on him more. I think the better line to make fun of is when he called Lou Williams the sixth man of the year in a rap song. It was like released at a time to try to get Lou Williams to become sixth man of the year. Lou Williams, who keeps winning sixth man of the year, but never deserves to win sixth man of the year.
0: Booming out in South Gwinnett like Lou Will, six man like Lou Will, two girls, and they get along like I'm Lou
1: Will. Yes, that one is way worse because he rhymes Lou Will with Lou Will with Lou Will, but he does make reference to the fact that Lou Williams had two girlfriends at the same time, and apparently both girls knew about it and were okay with it, which is, I guess, a bragging point. Okay. I would not say that that's a healthy relationship by any means. <laughs> okay, I'm
0: changing it to this line because Lou Williams later Just tweeted. redo the... No, no, no <laughs> I'm keeping all the other stuff. Okay. I'm changing it to this line because Lou Williams later tweets, LOL, Drake literally did not score any one of my points last year, homie. <laughs> which is extremely good. <laughs> so Lou Williams did not appreciate the reference. Well, I'm going to keep it good. Drake still occupies the yeah, second word no, spot. he's
1: bad. He rhymed Lou will with Lou will with Lou will. And you know what? Lou will doesn't rhyme with Lou will twice. Just like curry doesn't rhyme with curry, but pot rhymes with shot. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> so I'm going to my number one worst NBA reference in a rap song. And I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because I'm preying on maybe the first Reference to the NBA in all of hip-hop. Is it Curtis Blow's basketball? It is not Curtis Blow's
1: (sighs) basketball. Okay. That's sacred. Okay. Basketball is my favorite sport. No, I love the way they dribble up and down the court. I
0: love it. It's It's so so good, good. The way that they do it. No, I'm going all the way back to 1979 with Rapper's Delight by the Sugarhill Gang. Oh
1: man, I have so many problems with this song. There's an amazing rap documentary series on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution that everyone should watch. But basically, a studio put together and assembled the Sugarhill Gang for the purpose of popularizing rap. And then they did that song. It's just like the ultimate corporate awful garbageness. ness It's just like if there was this pure like wonderful underground movement. That was naturally budding. And then some damn business came in. And tried to capitalize on it. And then was successful. And then this song became known as the first rap song ever. And it's. Uh, it's so frustrating. Needless to say, I'm very glad that this song is your worst reference. I don't even remember what the basketball reference in this song is.
0: Well, it's nonsense. Because uh, this
1: song's like 13 fucking minutes long. It's so long. A lot of these lines are super nonsense. Yeah, like that whole verse about him eating dinner at his friend's house and the food is bad. Wow, so glad this was in the song. And then he beat up Superman. <sighs> All this
0: stuff. Okay, so this one comes from Big Bang Hank, which is the second verse.
1: I'm the ip to dip. Yeah, that's I'm
0: big. <laughs> that's how it goes, actually. Okay, so this line goes So after school, I take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. What the fuck does that mean? Unrelated. Why is your pool on the wall?
1: Because he's big, bang, yeah, he's big, sucks. He
0: loves his water on the wall, I guess. I think Big Bang Hank has- Is he talking about a shower? <laughs> he might be talking about a shower. Is that what he's calling a shower? A pool on the a wall. A pool on the wall. It's a bit, there might be something wrong with Big Bang Hank because he says in his big rap song, I got a color TV so I can see the Knicks play basketball. Sad. That's sad. I love the
1: Knicks. I love the Knicks too, but that's not the only reason why I have a color TV. I mean, it's funny because the only television that I watch- on my tv is when i attach my laptop when i'm streaming sports i don't watch tv otherwise or i just watch something on my laptop so you literally have a color TV. i literally TV have a color playing tv playing so i can watch basketball. the knicks i watch a basketball everybody say Ho, tail, mo, tail. <laughs>
0: it's terrible this song is nonsense these guys are nonsense it is the corny as hell and Big Bang Hank should probably figure out the other ways that he can get a TV.
1: So Big Bang Hank probably should return his television. Because <laughs> this song isn't for anything else. Well, this song came out in 1979, and the New York Knicks were very good in the early to mid 70s. The Knicks not very good in the late 70s. In the 1978, 1979 season, the Knicks went <gasps> 31 and 51, finishing hey. fourth in the NBA Atlantic Division. There you go. Big Bang Hank, go return your television. <laughs> And that's why it is a trash
0: reference in a rap song. And that is my three on three on NBA references in hip hop lyrics.
1: They ended the season losing their last seven games in a row. (laughs) Oh, my poor Knicks. They were so bad.
0: Mike, I'm sorry. I got to go take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. I'm really (laughs) sweaty. I'm sorry.
1: I got to go wash my hands in this pool that's (laughs) attached to the mirror. I'm just going to call any vessel that has water in it. Oh, can you hand me that hose? I'm sorry, that pool in a tube? (laughs) Everything is a pool? Everything's in a pool, just in a different area. (laughs) I love your tiny porcelain pool. Uh, Can I get you something to drink, sir?
0: Yes, I'd like a pool and a glass. Uh, excuse me. You might know me. I'm Big Bank Hank. Uh, I have checkbooks, credit cards, more money than a sucker could ever spend. Um, I would love the presidential suite. And please make sure that there is a claw-footed pool sitting right in the the center of my hotel A pool that is
1: really raised above the floor.
0: I need it to be raised above the floor. I cannot enjoy my pool. I have a pool on the wall at home.
1: Hey, would you like to go to the beach, which is really just a pool in the sand? (laughs) My massive pool in the sand. Well, what a wonderful three on three for that actually happened last time. Well,
0: that actually happened.
1: Yeah, that actually happened. You talked about one of the most impressive games just in pure statistical performances. Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points in a game. No one will ever top this. It's amazing. I have prepared something for that actually happened of what I would say is the most impressive basketball performance, but it's because someone was a huge asshole. Oh, God. Did you know that in the 1985-86 season, Larry Bird scored a triple-double using only his left hand? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know this, but I love this story. Okay, let's do it. So good. First of all, Celtics moment. (laughs)
0: You can hear the shamrocks in the back. Larry Bird. Amazing (laughs) player. Revolutionary player. Massive asshole. Oh,
1: so bad.
0: Did you know that Larry Bird hurt his back over the offseason? He was repaving his driveway and he pulled his back muscles and he was never the same. Nope. Never, ever. He was in the NBA for a decade at this point. He had so much money, but he was so cheap that he would not pay for someone to pave his driveway. This is Larry Bird. This is the guy we're talking about.
1: Yes. All right, tell me the story, Mike. So the 85-86 Celtics, for the longest time, were considered the best team in NBA history. So during this 85-86 season, the Celtics were on a road trip on the West Coast, and they were on an absolute tear. It was an 11-game road trip. They had won nine games in a row, so they're just dominating the league, and they're getting to the point where they're kind of bored. They're on the second-to-last game of this road trip against the Portland Trail Blazers, and two games after, they're playing the Los Angeles Lakers, their biggest rivals. There was so much animosity between the two teams. It was always a very important game when the Celtics and the Lakers faced off, whether it was regular season, finals, whatever. But before they can take place in this battle, they got to play the Portland Trail Blazers, who were not good at basketball at this time. Know. So Towards the end of the road trip, and Larry Bird tells all of his teammates and the media before they play Portland he says, Tomorrow night's game, I'm gonna play left handed at least for three quarters. (laughs) Not only did he play left handed. Not only did he get a triple-double, but he also hit the game-tying and the game-winning shot in this game. So it's February 14th, 1986. He's told people this, he's told reporters this, but he has not told them why yet. So he plays the entire game, and he doesn't shoot everything with his offhand. Basically what it was is anytime he was shooting something close to the basket, so a layup or a hook shot or something in the post, he shot those with his left hand. So he ended up making 21 field goals in the entire game. He made 10 of them with his left hand. He finished the game with 47 points, 14 rebounds 11 assists and he made every three-pointer that he attempted he made the game winning shot and the game winner which was in overtime he did shoot this one right-handed but (laughs) it was a 14 foot fadeaway with three defenders on him in his face there is youtube videos of this game i'll put a link to it on the episode page of horsehoops.com afterwards reporters asked him larry why did you play this entire game with your left hand and he told reporters I'm saving my right hand for the Lakers. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so douchey. It's so douchey. Another fun note about the game is that Kevin McHale, who was one of the best players on his team at the time, was not playing in the game. And it was a back-to-back game. They played Seattle the night before where Larry Bird, also had a triple double so there's just all of these factors contributing to him just putting up a 47 14 and 11 night regularly would be bonkers but the fact that he did the whole thing with his left hand for a bulk of the shots while announcing this a day before the game is crazy but it doesn't stop there because two nights later Larry Bird scored 22 points 18 rebounds and seven assists as the Celtics beat the Los Angeles Lakers in LA 105 to 99
0: I love it this is music to my years i love hearing that the lakers lose it makes me feel better (laughs) what an
1: asshole what What a huge huge jerk he's awful he's the best but also the worst there's a lot of fun larry bird trash talk we honestly could probably do a three-on-three of just larry bird trash talk there are so many good stories but he was just a wonderful mix of being very good at basketball and very good at trash talking and having the distinct ability to back up his trash talk
0: Could you do that now? Could you call that out that far in advance? Like, would people find out earlier? Like, it wouldn't be a big announcement. I feel like it would come out during practice. Someone would leak it and then tweet it. Oh, man, I heard Larry's going to shoot with his left hand. Crying
1: emoji. (laughs) I play an emoji. I think there would be leaks of it and stuff like that. I just think back then in the 80s, there was just such a stark difference between... Stars in the NBA, and then everyone else in the NBA. There were these upper echelon players, and these people that no one ever talks about anymore. Sure, and I think that there were just fewer people that could defend these astronomically good basketball players and if you just happen to be playing a team that didn't have a defensive stunt on their team like the portland trailblazers in 1986 you just couldn't do anything there was nothing you could do to stop larry bird
0: and of course so the trailblazers like what can they do like they just lost larry bird just dunked on them with his left hand <laughs> right i was just thinking like oh man maybe the trailblazers could like tweet about it or post about it on social media and make a whole beef out of it but then everyone would just say that they sucked and rub it back in their faces. There's no way of getting out of this. Larry Bird is dominated.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking at the 85, 86 Trailblazers. Uh, They were 40 and 42. Not okay. ideal. Here's the roster. Let, just let me know if any of these people besides Clyde Drexler ring a bell. Oh, this was early Clyde Drexler. It was 86, so it was Sam Bowie's rookie year. Sam Bowie, the guy that they took instead of Michael Jordan, because we already have a shooting guard. no Who is this Michael Jordan character? <laughs> we don't need him. Sam Bowie, though. Yeah, Great so name. here's the roster Sam Bowie or Sam Bowie. I'm not exactly. I, I think like it's Bowie because it's dumber. I think you say Bowie, but it's spelled Bowie. Sam Bowie, Kenny Carr, Steve Coulter, Clyde Drexler. Ken Johnson, Caldwell Jones, Jerome Kersey, Brian Martin, Jim Paxson, who actually had a great career, Terry Porter, Michael Thompson, not a bad career either, Darnell Valentine, and Kiki Vandeweghe, who ended up playing for the
0: Knicks. Kiki Vandeweghe is also an extremely good name. Yes. I think I'm going to use Kiki Vandeweghe in my next D&D game.
1: But yeah, so there was no one that the Blazers were going to be able to throw at Larry Bird. So he clowned on the Blazers, went on to clown on the Lakers, and then clowned on the rest of the league because the Celtics won the title that year and Larry Bird won finals MVP. And I'll be damned if the motivation was not the time Larry Bird got a triple-double with his left hand.
0: Mike, I just sent you a link. I want you to click on it. My new favorite thing about Larry Bird. Oh, this is one of the websites I
1: used to research
0: it. Do you see the photo that I sent you? Larry Bird even lost his left hand while getting into a scuffle
1: during the game. <laughs> that also counts. He is very dedicated to this bit.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I love this. So yeah, Larry Bird triple-double with his left hand and told everyone ahead of time
0: that actually happened.
1: I can't believe that actually happened. I can. It's Larry Bird. No, I definitely I can't believe it actually happened.
0: <laughs> what would you have to do to handicap yourself? What can you and I, just some regular guys who want to flex and make everyone seem bad, what can we do in our daily lives? What could we do to show it up?
1: very new yorker of us you could say i'm gonna get there on time but i'm only gonna take the bus (laughs) (laughs) i do love the bus the bus is very good or like i'm gonna get there on time but i'm only
0: gonna take the local (laughs) trains. right now it's like i'm just gonna take a subway because they're all trash they're all (laughs) terrible i want everyone to know that i'm editing this podcast episode with only my
1: left hand and there are absolutely no mistakes. Oh, ooh. I'm going to take the crossword puzzle, but I'm going to do it in Sharpie. Oh, that's good. That's like a real one. I do like that. Uh, we're so soft. We're so soft, man. <laughs> <one. laughs> I'm going to work out at the gym, but I'm going to wear a sweatshirt and not roll up the sleeves. I'm going to be like Bradley Cooper
0: in Silver Lying Playbook and wear a plastic bag while I run around. I'm going to watch a YouTube video
1: but not click skip ad after five seconds. I'm going to
0: listen to most of my podcasts on 1.0 speed. Oh, God, kill me. No, how could you? Regular speed, man. I'm going to cook dinner, but I'm only going to use a George Foreman grill. I'm going to cook dinner, and I'm not going to order in. I'm going to make a cake, but I'm going to use an Easy Bake (laughs) Oven. I'm going to make my lunch, and then later, I'm not going to go out and get a second lunch. I'm going to
1: eat this Greek yogurt with fruit on the bottom, but I'm not going to stir it. I'm going to
0: eat this Greek yogurt, and there are no additives at all. I'm not going to have any toppings. I'm going to go into a 16 Handles, just have some chocolate, and then walk out. Wait, wait, that sounds like I'm stealing. (laughs) Never mind, I'm going to do that again. (laughs) I'm going to walk into 16 Handles, just put some chocolate ice cream in a cup, pay for it, and then eat it while making eye contact with the cashier. I'm Larry Bird. I'm Larry Bird. And I'm only going to use
1: my left hand. (laughs) So, yeah, that actually (laughs) happened.
0: Sorry, I'm saving the toppings for the Lakers.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The theme song is by Bettina Campomanis. Art by Allison Wakeman. Website by Kelly Beckman. And thanks
0: to our producer level patrons, Teal, Samuel Miner, and Jordan Castleman. And thank you to Shaker and Spoon. If you go to shakerandspoon.com horse you can get $20 off your first box where you can make very beautiful cocktails. I'm only doing this with my last hand. <laughs> you can find Horse on the internet. You can find us on Facebook at horse hoops you can find us on instagram at horse hoops you can find us on twitter at horse underscore hoops because as we say every single episode horse Horse hoops Hoops was banned
1: banned! finally we did
0: it i still have uh. to edit it because we missed the
1: first time (laughs) we We nailed the horse hoops with the underscore, but we did not nail the high five. Next time, we're going to do it, and then we're going to high five. Always getting better.
0: You can also find us on our website, horsehoops.com, where we talk more about the episodes. and We include all of our links. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash horsehoops. If you want access to bonus content
1: like 3 on 3 getting expanded to 5 on 5, or Overtime, where Eric and I just spit game about anything, or where we play against each other in basketball video games, you can go to patreon.com slash horsehoops and get your bonus content now. You know who's not saving anything for the Lakers? Multitude.
0: Multitude Multitude is an audio collective of awesome people and also shows who just want to make... Podcast better. It is horse. It is join the party. It is potterless. It is spirits and it is Waystation. If you want to check out all of our shows or you want us to help us with your show, go to
1: multitude.productions or follow the collective on Twitter at multitude shows. And now as we end every episode, we will put our hands in and say something on the count of three. We're in person, so we can actually kind of do it now. On three, we're gonna say pull
0: on the wall. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, one, one two, two, three, three. pull, pull on, on the wall! <laughs> So I can watch the Knicks play basketball. <laughs> hey, no, no, here, 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 well, I
1: didn't know the Swedish chef was on this song. here, 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 here,